I want to tell you guys a story. I want to go get some tacos. Shout out to Sausalitos of Nagadocious here in San Antonio. Um, this is a story about me being getting older. All right. <laughs> and a story about an absolute panic. So we order food for the family. I take my daughters with me uh, after, after a basketball game. And a, and a horrible one at that where my daughter's AAU team got waxed. So after the game, we head over to Sausalito's. My wife puts the order in. I walk in. Super dope couple sitting at the bar. I felt like I'd known these people like my whole life. I walked in. They're getting these dope margaritas. They look really good. And the bartender's like, you want one? I was like, no, I can't. I can't. I can't. But I really want it. So I'm sitting there. I'm on my phone. Texting a little bit. I put it down. Order comes up. I walk out the door. I say, hey, maybe next time you guys are in here, I'll catch y'all, right? I'm a regular there. Go to the car. And before I take off, I start patting my my pants, right? Mm. I'm like, oh, left my phone at the bar. So I run back in. My phone's not there. It's literally been two minutes, if even that. So I'm like, okay, hold on, hold on. I start looking around on the floor. Underneath the bar, look at the couple. I'm like, hey, you guys uh, happy to see a phone? She was like, you just had it. Mm. <laughs> you were texting. I was like, I know. Call my number, please. Calls my number. Nothing. Try to use Apple Watch to ping it. Nothing. Mm. It says it's out of range. Mm. And so this is the story how E almost jacked the lady with cancer. <laughs> what the f- <laughs> 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 I'm gonna stop myself. Pretty sure she had cancer. <laughs> so I'm looking at this lady over to my right. She's been there the whole time. She was there when I was in there. She was there when I left. She was there when I came back. So the whole time I'm like looking at her, like she's trying to make some payments. That's a fifteen hundred dollar phone. I'm watching you, but I'm trying not to be like that, right? I'm like, no, no, no. It's got to be me. But I keep an eye on her. I go outside. I look underneath the seat. Look on the side. I'm like, oh. hey, say to my oldest, open that bag. Check it for the phone. So she kind of like, eh, I don't see it. I'm like, all right. Let me look under the car. Maybe I dropped it in the parking lot. Ah, maybe I stuck it on top of the car. Mm. Get out of the car again. I look up top. Where the heck is my phone? So I run back in. That lady's still sitting there. <laughs> I look over at her and I'm like, then I started getting paranoid because I'm freaking out. I call my wife. Hey, can you see my phone? Because I share my location. She's like, it says it's in the parking lot. I'm like, that bastard still got it. <laughs> Everybody becomes a suspect. The couple, I just had a good time. I'm like, what if they're just, what if they jack my phone and they're trying to be nice because they don't want to give it away. So now I'm watching them. Frail lady. I'm watching her. I'm like, you're playing it off. That's money. Guys, I almost shook her down. I was looking at her purse, her little bag. I'm trying to like, not so suspiciously, see if like the silhouette of my phone is in there somehow. And I'm like, I was getting ready to be like, hey, is that my phone in your purse? Open up your purse. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a black man. She's an old white woman. <laughs> this is Texas. I'm not doing that. <laughs> so I, I cowered out. My daughter able to see my location again and, and so is my wife so I'm like hey hey 
this lady just left. Tell me if my phone's on the move. They're like, no, it's still there. Okay, she's safe. Maybe it's somebody at the bar. I wait for the bartender to leave. And so for those of y'all who can't see me, I'm looking over the bar. Looking all around. I look around the back. <sighs> can't find my phone. So this little older lady next to the couple goes, honey, you sure it's not in your car? I'm pretty sure, ma'am. I looked. Then all of a sudden, my Bluetooth connects to the phone. My wife is like, hey, hey, I'm, t- I'm connected to your phone. I'm able to call it because before it went straight to voicemail when I tried to call it, it didn't work. So I'm like, okay, it's still here. It's connected. So I'm going, I tell the girls, hey, get out of the car, go in the restaurant, sit at the bar. And I asked the, the couple, hey, can you keep an eye on my kids? I'm going to go like tear my car apart. I checked the food bag. I literally ripped the bag to try to find my phone. I'm looking, right? And then I take my daughter's, I take my daughter's phone with me and I like take the flashlight and I spray it and I see a little something. Now, <laughs> I've got these aftermarket floor mats. Not, I have a Honda. They're not Honda. They're like whatever you can get on Amazon. I tell my kids, all the time. Stop kicking them and bunching them up. My phone was underneath the mat. Mm. Somehow it slid underneath the mat just barely. I saw blue, but my car's blue. And you know how the actual in underneath the seats, you could see the natural color of the car, like the, the frame. So I, I assumed that was the car. That was my phone. And it was just barely peeking out. Fellas, I almost shook that lady down. True. I run in the restaurant. I got my phone. People are like, yeah. <laughs> oh man. Everybody, dude, everybody was super excited, man. They're like, man. And then and the old lady that was like, honey, you sure it's not in your bag? She goes, well, I'm, I'm just glad that you found out. I was really invested in this story. <laughs> As she's sipping her margarita. <laughs> <laughs> iPhone's got a grip on you, man. Anyway, welcome, welcome, <laughs> welcome, everybody to Wave of the Future, <laughs> aka WFS, where we like to navigate the waters of life or the backseats of cars. It just kind of yeah. depends on what's going on. <laughs> man, that's <laughs> that's a little something, something right there, man. I don't know, man. You can't be jacking up old ladies. I'm glad you thought about it. <laughs> man, I spent too much money on that phone, man. Someone was about to get that, man. There, it was about to go down. I was looking at her. I was like, she's not going to make it out of here. She probably thought you were checking her out. <laughs> I asked I asked the, even the owner. I was like, yo, run the cameras back. It's, it's going to take cameras 45 minutes. Calm down, man. <laughs> he, he said, it's going to take 45 minutes. I was like, I can wait. <laughs> run it back on him, man. <laughs> dude, you're going to find out who shot Kennedy with that video, dude, for sure. <laughs> the real reason. What yeah. really happened? What really happened? <laughs> Ah, man. Exactly. Another episode in. Uh, This week, uh, we're going to be talking about a couple of things. We're a little, I guess, local this week. What what did we call them back in the day? The locomotives? Locomotives, man. I still like that. That's how we're running this week. Uh, So 
If you didn't hear, Pop had some words for some of the Spurs fans a few days ago. We'll be discussing that. Uh, We have a wave of, let's say, migration from one part of the country to another. And I think it's time we discuss it. And after we discuss that, we've got some, just some PSAs for some people. Uh, But before we get into all the goodies, how's everybody doing today? I'm doing good. Um, had an eventful Thanksgiving. It was all pretty good vibes, good good stuff. Um, gained five pounds. Lost 15. I gained five, so I'm down 10 now. Uh, yeah. Hey, you're still down. That's good, man. Still down. But uh, it, was, it was pretty good food, man. Got to meet my lady's family, which is fun. Oh, yeah. Uh, nice. they're, actually, they're actually like very welcoming people and stuff. I was I was all bundle of nerves like I usually get, but it was it was cool. It was very cool. It's awesome. Heck yeah. How about you, E? Yeah, mine was good. I uh I was with the in-laws, my sister-in-laws to be exact, uh wife's parents are out of town doing a Euro trip. Mm. So mm. uh her her the oldest of her two younger sisters, the middle child basically, um, is watching the house. They've got dogs. So she's dog sitting, house sitting, working over there. So I uh smoked the best turkey I've ever done in my life. You guys, I figured I I've cracked the code. Shout out to Chris Ashley of SMR and Barbecue and Tech. Uh, one of my, uh, I would say, my podcasting mentors and an all-around good dude. He's mentioned it multiple times. I've heard other people talk about it. Butcher paper. Mm, yep. Yeah. Pink, pink butcher paper. I've used foil. Um, man, it makes the world of a difference. So when I got the meat to like the point where it's, you know, that nice brownish mm-hmm. color, then I put a little bit of butter on top. A little bit of butter on the bottom, wrapped it in the butcher paper. Do not put it directly over the flame. That is a fire hazard. I put a dude indirect indirect uh, grilling. Had it sitting in the middle. Chef kiss, mm. and it wasn't dry at all. Mm. No need to brine it, inject it. Nothing. Really, it was perfect. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So it came out excellent. But yeah, man, it was a nice time. So we've actually got one of the in laws' dogs chilling at the house with us, giving my dog a little companionship That's for good. a bit. Nice. That's nice. Yeah. Beautiful. What about you, man? What'd you do? Uh, for me, man, it was small. You had my mom over. Uh, so my, me and my wife, the, my mom, the kids, uh, we did our thing, man. I just roasted a turkey. I wanted to fry it so bad, but the weather just wasn't there for it. Um, unfortunately, mm. being outside for hours and with the airlessness, I, I, I didn't want to risk it. So yeah, you know, just did our traditional roast in there. I, I threw it down. My mom helped tremendously, you know, knocked out the mac and cheese and the stuffing. I threw down the turkey, some sweet potato pies. It was beautiful, man. Ooh. It was a good, good time. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, we ate good. Oh, yeah. we ate, Dude, I was asleep by 3 o'clock. I, I missed the whole first half of the Cowboys game. I was out. Hmm. Just just <laughs> concussed, man. I just, I, I woke up. Everybody had people were gone. I'm, <laughs> dude, you didn't miss much. That game was a blowout. You picked a good one to fall asleep to. They were just racking up the score in the second half. Yeah, that's all I got to see was them racking up, getting pick sixes. Pick sixes. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh, it was beautiful. But yeah, man, it was, it was a lot of fun. A lot of fun. So, heck yeah. Uh, just a couple of things, reminders for some folks before we dive into some things. Uh, we are live on YouTube, all episodes. Uh, ask my training class at work that I'm working with. Uh, they got to experience some some of the wonderfulness of WFS. So that's uh, live and direct. Stay wavy, baby. That's the name of the game. Um, also threads uh, at 
Uh, Wave of the few sure. There it is. That's my man. I got to remember between that and uh, Twitter because it's a WFS show on X. Yeah. Um, which throws me off sometimes when I'm trying to get people on. Um, yeah, that was too long, basically. That's just the name of the game in X, man. Uh, that's just yeah. what it is. That's just what it is. If, if they ever open up the character limit, you you can you better believe that we're going straight for full wave. that wave with a few sure. Yeah. yeah, full wave. You hear that? I like that. You hear that? Uh, Hashtag fun. full wave. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, <laughs> check that on the next post. Yeah. Check that in the next post. Uh, but I know we kind of touched on the Thanksgiving uh time of the season, but instead of gratitude this week, I, I wanted to ask, you know, uh, what, what do we think we're for going into this episode, gentlemen? Um, I'll go first. Sure. Uh, I'm thankful for my wife, my family, my wife, especially. Um, as you guys know, I started a new job and I'll be quite honest. I think I have a little, like a little low key PTSD from, from, uh, my previous employer and some of the people I've worked with. So I'm always looking for like the negative in people. And she's been a really good job of playing my counselor and centering me, keeping me grounded and being like, yo, man, this is a new job. That's these aren't the same people. Give them a chance. And my new team is awesome. Um, My boss is cool. My teammates cool. Everybody's really cool. They're welcoming. It's nice to work with others who like to work with others. Hmm. So it's just it's just been great to collaborate. And these last couple of weeks, I finally, you know, I've I've gone super Saiyan, Marsh. Okay. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Man. It's power oh, yeah. over that's, that's, my, that's my thankfulness. Nice. What about you, fellas? I have a weird one. I'm thankful for the concept of communication. Because if you don't communicate, you don't get anywhere with anybody. And uh, yeah, I mean, a lot of stuff happened this week. Um, full disclosure, I lost one of my aunts. We buried her. Well, I didn't physically bury her, but... Uh, Undertaker came out and choke slammed everybody and then buried her. Um, <laughs> but communication is a very important thing. I think if you if you allow yourself to have time to speak with your loved ones about things that concern you, you don't harbor resentment. You put things to rest. It's 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 a beautiful thing. So I'm very thankful for the concept of communication that we can all talk and share things. And if you're unwilling to communicate as a person, just uh, just try. Just try your best because you'll find that you'll find something on the other side of it. Absolutely. Beautiful. 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 Um, For me, man, I'm very thankful for uh, the position that I'm in um, is, is my thankfulness right now. Uh, The things that I have, even the things that I don't have um, I'm thankful for those, the life that I've had to live, been blessed to live. Um, there, you know, you may not always have everything you want, but you have to take time to look at what you have, roof over your head, people that love you. You yeah. know, uh, those are the things Absolutely. that matter the most. And I'm thankful for those people in my life that can help guide me to that point uh, to remember that, you know, you get so caught up. Oh, man, I don't have this. Oh, I want this. This doesn't work the way I want it to. Time for a new one. It's Americanism and it's finest. And But mm. thankful for the things that I have, uh, whether it's an old laptop or an uh, old relationship <laughs> or or an old lady that can help you do sides on Thanksgiving. I'm thankful for those. It's beautiful, man. That's beautiful. Hey, uh, it's been a couple of days since I've read it. I don't know if you're caught up or not, Carr, but in the Daily Stoic, he talks about like, uh, the philosophers who didn't believe in hope. At the first time, 
I'd heard this. There was a song by Soulfly. Remember them? Yeah. Max Cavalera. Yeah. It's called No Hope Equals No Fear. Mm. No hope, no fear. Yeah. Shout out to uh, Max Cavalera, man. He's a beast. He plays only plays four strings on the guitar. That's all he needs. He's super, and, he, and he's super heavy. Um, but anyway, they talk about having no hope and no fear. And I thought that played into what you were just talking about a second ago. Because it's like, you know, you're talking about the changes and the circumstances around you. Um that drives some of those changes. And if you don't hope for anything, their philosophy is you don't have a fear that that thing won't happen. You kind of take life as it comes at you and you say, well, you know what? There are conditions that I can control and conditions that I can't control. It's kind of like that serenity prayer thing, right? Uh, Except the things you can't um, change, right? So it's, it's kind of that mentality. And I think that what you're referring to, Trey, was just just well put, man. You're you're taking life as it comes. You're rolling with the punches. You're seeing the beauty in whatever it is that's coming your way. And then if the things that aren't so beautiful, you're like, ah, well, I can I can work with those things still. You know, it's it's the beauty of life. There are things that come your way you don't like, things that come your way you do like, and you treat them accordingly. It's very true. That's very true, man. And that's what you got to do is treat those things accordingly. Yeah. Uh, first things first, man. Did y'all see that Spurs versus Clipper game? <laughs> Heard about I it. I watched the whole game. I watched the whole game and I was, I was pissed. <laughs> I heard about I it. Pissed. I'm pretty sure I heard it down the street. Like, <laughs> Probably you heard it coming from from the folks down the street just yelling at Pinche Spurs. Yeah, man, yeah, it's a lot of pain in the city right now, man. It's a lot of pain in the city. Uh, Spurs versus Clippers. If it, anybody don't know, there's a lot of animosity still. I guess you can say whenever the Spurs play the Clippers uh, for reasons that we'll get into here in just a moment. But uh, really. I think there's a, just a lot of frustrated Spurs fans out there right now, man. Uh, we're playing the Clippers, mm-hmm. unfortunately. It's a, it was a close game. It wasn't, you know, a blowout like the first time we played them. Uh, first time we lost by 40. Um, yeah. yeah. It was ugly. Uh, it was like, like what, eight, seven, eight point yeah, game. Yeah, for, right? for, the the the, for the majority of the game. Um, I know like halftime, I think we were down eight. I'll get you the exact score in just a second here. Uh, yeah, but, I was trying to look that uh, 109 to 102. So yeah, seven point game. Mm. Yeah. Seven point game, but it yeah. just happened to be our 10th loss in a row, man. 10th straight loss after such an exciting first five or six games of the season. Um, Kawhi Leonard being at yeah. the center of it, I think is what made it so different than some of the other games that we've lost. So made everything get to that precipice where we got a whole crowd of angry $9 beer having people. <laughs> yeah. So what happened is the, the, for our listeners who are going, okay, you guys haven't told me what, what's going on here. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, former Spur. He started here where he was drafted by Indiana traded to the Spurs. Like they basically drafted on behalf of the Spurs because of an agreement they worked out, ended up winning, uh, the winning a championship here in San Antonio back in 2014, yeah. they beat they they basically dismantled the Miami Heat. Uh, they played them two years in a row, lost in 2013, then won in 2014. And he was looking to be the face of the franchise after Timmy, Tony, Manu were done. Mm-hmm. 
that situation ended ended poorly, by the way. And it ended with him getting injured. I think, what, it's the Rocket Series or was it Golden State? It was Golden State, right? Then he came back next year. Yeah, uh, with the, the, the ankle injury in Golden State. and then Yeah, the ankle. Mm-hmm. Then he ended up just sitting out and requested a trade. And we, I say we, the Spurs ended up sending him to Toronto where he won a championship. So there's some bad blood there between the Spurs fans and Kawhi Leonard because they felt like, you know, he abandoned the city or whatever. He's from L.A. for what it's worth. Yeah. So he goes, he's shooting free throws, and the Spurs fans are booing. And they're booing hardcore. And Greg Popovich, the head coach of the Spurs, who's been the coach since 96, two years before that, he was the GM, fired Bob Hill and was like, I'm done with you, son. <laughs> um, he grabs a microphone and he tells the fans, like, knock it off. I'm paraphrasing. It's unnecessary. He did say this. There's, it's no class, and I think he's his mindset is, look, dude, it's this is ancient news now. He hasn't been in San Antonio for God five like seven years, yeah. seven years, five. What was that? Five to seven years. Twenty nineteen when he won the championship over there. So yeah, going on five years. Yeah, yeah. So I think he's just saying, look, guys, get over it, get over it. And at the end of his press conference. Man, Pop was in rare form. Usually he gives the reporters a hard time, but there was a little extra saltiness to it, man. I mean, he was just like, you don't poke the bear. And the guy was like, well, what do you mean by that? He goes, you know what it means. Yeah, I was like, do you want to say it any other way? He, he did the classic Mad Pop interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but a little bit a little bit of extra seasoning on it, yeah. man. Like, it just, just pissed off. That's the salt yeah. that comes For after 10 losses in a row right there. In my opinion, eleven now. Oh yeah, eleven now. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eleven about now. to be twelve. Uh, <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, man. Everybody. So, yeah. So d- don't y'all think like that's the vicious cycle of a Spurs fan with a new team and y'all us, y'all mostly y'all. Yeah, y'all get a y'all get a new team every year. Get a brand spanking new outcome, and then it starts hitting with that streak that losing streak and then everybody loses faith in the middle of the whole thing and they they always forget and pop even said in the interview it's a new team I'm proud of how they're playing it's just you know they get stuck in a rut that's what that's what new yeah, teams without do getting too much yeah. without getting too much into the x's and o's of it you know he's trying some experiments he's got a guy who's basically a power forward playing point, point guard, guard. Mm-hmm. and and it's weird and they're learning to play together they are getting better mm-hmm. these last two three games have been a lot closer and they're starting to kind of put it together. But when you get the number one draft pick in Victor Wembanyama, who's considered a generational talent, and you have a franchise who has had uh, generational talent, big men, and uh, Tim Duncan and Greg, I'm going to say Greg Robinson. Wow. <laughs> no. <laughs> Craig Robinson. <laughs> David Robinson, the admiral. When you get big men like that who have been the cornerstone of your franchises, there's a lot of heavy expectations for this Wimbenyama kid. Yeah. And so they start off, they beat the Phoenix Suns, who have Kevin Durant, Bradley Beal, and Devin Booker. Those are three huge names in this current generation of basketball, with Kevin Durant being like the marquee name yeah. of that of that group. You beat them two times in a row. And it's like, oh, snap, this team's good. And then you go and you lose. Yep. From that point on out. And so it's it's been tough. The Spurs, I think, are like three and thirteen now. Oof. Three and twelve or three and thirteen, something like that. And yeah. so it's 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 tough to it's tough to watch, but it's it's a marathon. It's not a sprint. Yeah. And it's just the beginning of the season. 
Spurs fans are calling for Greg Popovich to be fired. Yeah, that was yeah, one just ridiculous. Like, like everybody's calling, dude. Yeah. They are like, he doesn't have it anymore. Yeah, but it's a different day and age now, though, man. He's a seventy-four-year-old man, um, yeah. coaching a bunch of nineteen and twenty and twenty-one and twenty-two-year-olds who all respect him, which is the hardest part of that process. But yeah, like he doesn't care. Seven, I talk to some old people on a regular way. Like they don't care what you have to say. Yeah. They know what they know. They're going to do what they do. And it's just what it is. And that's how I kind of take this with pop. You know what? I wish I, I read into before this episode, who is the oldest winning coach in the NBA? Like what is the, what is a cap year that like a coach had taken to their team to the championships and won? Mm. It's worth that's a Google a good question. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm unsure. Right. I thought it was him, but it could be Red Arbaugh. We'll follow up. We'll follow up next time. I know Jerry Sloan. Well, Jerry Sloan for, for Utah, he was up there too for a long yeah, time. Yeah, but they never won. So, oh, yeah, they're true. They never won a championship. True. They uh, went to finals and stuff. They did. Yeah. They did. They got they got smacked by the Bulls in 96. Okay. I remember that. Larry Brown at 62. Larry Brown. In mm-hmm. uh, 04, oh, 304 with the Pistons uh, mm. was the, uh, according to a quick Google search, very quick Google search. Um, that that's what I I pulled up, which sounds about right. Um, but that's yeah. it's modern America, right? We're living older. One of the greats, man. Oh, that's Larry one of the Brown. greatest. Yeah, he was Pop's mentor. To speak mm. of it, honestly, um, Pop's mentor. I can see that. So I could totally see that. Yeah, him. but but yeah, man. I mean, it's it's one of those things where you know, I think the the franchise, the fans, Pop. You know, Pop's obviously patient. He doesn't like seeing them lose like this. Mm-hmm. But I think, I think that in his older age, he is all about developing the players. And I don't think Pop has any. I think he signed what a five year contract. Yeah. I don't think he has any illusions that this team is going to win a championship in the first two to three years. I think by the end of his run, he feels like he can get them a ring. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't have signed on for five years. But I think more than that. It's about establishing the right foundation yeah. for these guys, even if he is, you know, unable to coach the team, giving them a good foundation because this league can chew you up and spit you out. And he really wants them to get immersed in the San Antonio culture in the way that that organization is run. Yeah. And the bearers of the torch are going to have to carry that on. Like, I know, like, sometimes they have like Timmy doing like coordinator stuff, you know, sometimes right. they call the old dogs in just to get the the flow of it during practice and stuff. But that is a culture thing. Yep. But yeah, these fans are yep. mean. All these fans are on TikTok being mean. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a question for you guys. Do you think do you think he was within his right to actually go and call out the fans, people who've paid, you yep. know, their 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 money to to go see people play a game? I think in his house. You know, they're like, hey. Yeah, I think it's in his house and he should have a chance to get on the mic and tell everybody to pipe down. Okay, real quick aside. There oh man, I forgot all the context of this, but there was a soccer coach and he was getting interviewed and he was really adamant about the women asking him questions first. And there was a guy that came up to ask him questions and he's just, he just like yelled at the guy, like, this is my house and you don't do things in my house without my permission. And like, he got up and he just like oh, the whole what? interview. Like I need, I'll, I'll follow up with this one too. It was awesome. Please. Cause it was just something he wanted. <laughs> it was just something strange and a name that he wanted, but he stormed off on the interview because it was in his eyes, this coach's house. Yeah, I'm getting like fired like two years later anyway. But uh <laughs> it was it's something I think about when I when I hear that coaches get all like honorary, like they just that's his house. That's his house. Like he's the he was a foundational part of that. He was a he was more than just like a bricklayer. He 
he told them the plans, like, you know, and I think it's well within his right to tell everybody yeah. to stop being rude. He didn't call anybody stupid. He didn't call anybody rude. He just said there was a class, there was a classlessness to it. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think if it's anybody other than pop, it's a bigger deal than it mm-hmm. is. If anybody has a right to go do that, any coach in the NBA, it's the one that's been the coach for the same franchise for 20, 30 years. Yeah. Um, that's just my opinion. I do th- I would have rather him said something in the presser. That seems like the more appropriate way to address that. Hey, to the fans out there, that's not who we are. I think it was a classes act. Every time y'all boot him, every time he touched the ball, we're better than that. Or Other ways he could he have done it. We're better than that. Or, um, or he was playing into it and making all the fans get riled up so Kawhi could blow them free throws. Y'all ever think about that? Because, dude, they continue to yeah. boo right after. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And they blew, they booed louder after, yeah. in my opinion. Um, yeah. Absolutely. For our non-sports listeners, let us know what you think. At Wave of the Few Shore, on all things meta. Like a, leave, a, leave a comment in the YouTube video. Uh, also, hit us up on thread, excuse me, on X, I almost said threads, at WFS Show. Email us, waveofthefewshore at gmail.com. Let us know what you think, because this is a good one. Send us a message on Instagram. Add us. That'd be cool. i like to hear that, because even if it's not sports-related, you know, do you think that fans and concert goers and comedian, you know, whatever it is you're going to see, do you think they have a right to boo Damn. just because they they laid down their money? Do they have a right to do anything excessive? And I say like excessive, not as in like physical violence, but like maybe hooping and hollering and all kinds of stuff. Let us know because I, I think this is this can be opened up to a larger conversation. I yeah, I think it should. Yeah, man, absolutely. But while we're on the topic of you know Californians getting booed in oh Texas uh, he had posted in a, a, a wonderful article about uh, just the the wave of uh, folks from California you know I understand looking to escape but they're all seem to be coming here for the most yeah. part or the majority here of in them. Arizona a little sprinkle of Florida Florida yeah Florida <laughs> yeah that's leave California go to Florida. <laughs> Florida good old Florida <laughs> yeah man so uh in 2022 and this is according to an LA Times article there's actually a little three and a half minute or so YouTube video that coincides with the article but in uh 2022 818,000 yes 818k for those of you who don't know math uh, they left for other states and 476,000 or 476K moved in, resulting in a total domestic loss of 342,000. So 818,000 California's left, 476,000 came back and the rest were lost, which is the 342,000. That's math. But yeah, California's moved to Texans. Texas and Arizona the most. And we actually have a saying down here in Texas. You guys all know it. Don't California, my Texas. Mm -hmm. You know, they've been saying that even before 2022. We've been saying that for years because there's been a trend even before the pandemic. There's seems to be a trend of a lot more Californians coming down here. It's more affordable. Um, There's political reasons, right? You know, we're considered a, a red state. Although I would say Texas is, kind of purpling in some ways, but it's still considered a red state. California is a blue state. Red is Republican. Blue is is Democrat for those of you who are not up on your political uh, affiliations with color. 
But anyway, cost of living, you can get more land, bang for your buck. You know, my old house that was 2,300 square foot, my cousin told me that that house would be a million dollars in California. Ridiculous. And I about, yeah. I about passed out out of my chair. At one point, there were jobs I was looking at in California. And one of them in particular was out in San Jose, which is one of the most expensive cities in California, let alone the the the, the U.S. I mean, to get the house that I have now would be multi-million dollars. Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. You want to be able to pay your house off. Yeah, like with, with whatever salary they throw at you, you would be decidedly middle class, according to them. Oh, you know what oh, I mean? Like, absolutely. Like it, and then the taxes? Yeah. yeah. <sighs> There's a lot of stuff there that that seems uh it seems kind of backward, but when you look at some of the social stuff that they got over there too, it's it's got a lot of benefits too. But the way I like to see it is Texas is red with a blue heart, because we know Austin where you can go like uh you can go and kind of stand next to a hippie and a cowboy at the same time at a bus yeah. stop. <laughs> like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> It's true. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a cool it's, melting it's pot. It's absolutely it's a really true. cool melting pot, and it, and that doesn't change regardless of who walks in and out through these parts. But I think I now sympathize with the Californians that get upset about everybody like bombing Anaheim to go to Disneyland now. You know, like yeah. that's like a whole like we're getting there. Like they're treating us like we're just like Disneyland now. Like they're popping in, they're getting curious about it. They're 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 taking they're taking the opportunities that we have currently available to us, and it's making shit more expensive. Oops. Blur me out. <laughs> My bad. Well, no, you're, that's all good. I um, I read a companion article just as an aside saying L.A. County could have like 1.7 million fewer people by 2060. And they said it's not because of the residents are leaving. And I thought that was kind of interesting, you know, because they were just saying the, st- the state population is just shifting in general. So, um I'll put a link to the in the show notes. I didn't I didn't dive into that one too much, but I'll put a link in the show notes with, along with this main article uh, that's also LA Times. So, but anyway, yeah, man. So in 41 states, you know, you got more more people that arrive from California than move to California, with one of the exceptions being uh, New Jersey. <laughs> New Jersey, it, 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 they bucked the trend. So they had around 600, sorry, 6,000, six, so 6,600, 6,600 people uh, moved to California, then arrived to Jersey. But, you know, it's Jersey. So yeah, that makes sense. That's not really like a hot spot. I mean, like it's basically New York's little brother. So, um, yeah, they bucked that trend. But then when you look at all the incoming businesses, Tesla moved here. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Carr and I were talking about it in a pre-show, but you know we've already had. I think Facebook's here. HP, um, Oracle, like HP, big tech stuff. Oracle, yeah. Amazon, Google's here. Apple's here. Yeah. Apple's got a got an Austin Forgot presence. About the data center. So yeah. yeah, so you got all these tech companies like they're trying to make it the Silicon Valley of the South uh, at Austin in particular. I mean, you've got Dallas and then San Antonio too. San Antonio, we've seen people kind of like flood out of Austin and come down this way because it's getting too crazy or they go out to cities in between like New Barfels and San Marcos, a, a good buddy of mine that, that Trey knows Skeksy, uh, that's Booty Pants' older brother car. Shout out Booty Pants and Skeksy uh, Simo. That's right. Um, they were, th- th- he he was saying that like on their little New Braunfels thread or their, like the local Facebook page, there's always people from New Braunfels complaining about all these people moving into New Braunfels, you know, because it's, it's, 
got very much its own culture. Yes. You know, and New Braunfels is about what, 15 minutes away from where I live. Yeah. So they, they're very much known though, to have their own culture. And so when you've got these people coming in from California, Chicago, I went to Guadalupe Brewery, got some, and, and had some beers there. And I talked to a lady from Chicago and my buddy Skeksy was just like, after our conversation, he was like, you know, she's like one of those, those ladies that probably came from Chicago going, yeah, I don't like the politics here. I'm moving to Texas. Yeah. That happens a lot. Yeah. It, it it happens a lot. It's also more affordable here. I think that's really what it comes down to, man, is the affordability of it and the politics of it. Uh, California, LA is always going to be LA, right? It's Hollywood. Man. Yeah. You know, people are always going to live in LA. There's, there's nothing you can really do about that, but it's the surrounding areas uh, that I think are seeing the greatest decline. The San Francisco's people can't get out of there fast enough, man, uh, unless they're yeah, based the there. Yeah. Like bad. Um, unless they're, stuck there for work or some other reasons if there's options they're moving um yeah and i i see that uh, the, I, I understand that i car said i sympathize with that you want to get out of their multi-million dollar homes and, yeah like oakland got transformed because of the tech boom you don't have old oakland anymore you have just like very upscale unaffordable oakland and that's like something historically that's changed in the last like 25 years well, there's part, there's that part. And I went to Oakland last year. So shout mm-hmm. out to my, my cousins that live out in Oakland and guys, like the way the city's designed, you can see the, you know, you always hear about like a caste system, but you can see like people down here literally living in poverty. And then as you go higher up into like the hills and the mountains up in Oakland, you know, the money rises. Geographically. And my cousin, yeah, yeah my cousin's considered like middle-class, but the people that are that are lower class or right around the corner and not too far from them. So they come up there and do their dirt and try to carjack people and rob them. Mm -hmm. It's just, it's, it's getting bad, man. It's getting really, really bad. And uh, I I don't, I don't know. I mean, you've heard about, we've all heard about the homelessness. That's not a, that's not unique to California. I mean, that's in, that's here. I mean, Austin's got a bad homeless problem. San Antonio, I mean, we've got a pretty, pretty bad homeless problem under I-35 as does Austin. New York, that goes without saying. Chicago, I can name all these cities. Homelessness is everywhere, but you always hear about San Francisco and Oakland where it's like just human feces on the street all the time. And, you know, somebody gets a purse robbed or or stolen and the cops are like, was there anything over $300 in it? Sorry. Yeah. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like they just don't care. Um, One one interesting tidbit, and I want to hear you guys' thoughts on this. So, more than 100,000 Californians moved to Texas, moved to Texas, excuse me, last year compared to 40,000 who made the opposite move. Florida drew nearly 75,000 from Cali with 30 moving in the opposite direction. Washington, Nevada, and Florida each saw around 50,000 Californian arrivals and far fewer people moved to California. So it's not just Texas, but it's we, as we mentioned earlier, Florida and Arizona, but then you hear Washington State and Nevada. Any thoughts on that? Uh, Go for, for it. For me, it's, you got to think about California, like as a state, the just the harshness mm-hmm. that comes with living there. And I'm not talking the people or the, the cultures. I'm talking about the environment. Uh, you have wildfires on a regular basis. Uh, you have... Mm-hmm hurricanes now that you kind of have to worry about because uh, I don't think yeah earthquake uh, yeah that was that's the last one right there earthquakes that can be 
anywhere, anytime. Um, there's a lot of danger with living in a California. So where do you, what do you do? You go somewhere else. That's just human nature. It's expensive and it's dangerous. Like, no, I can't, <laughs> I can't do that. Let me take this money that I've been making here and hopefully saving here and go over to Texas where I can get a, pi- a house for half the price or I don't, the Florida part I don't really get because Florida is just as expensive and dangerous, but all the other places make perfect sense to me. Well, Florida is going to get, it gets a lot of like retirees. Yeah. You get the golden yeah. girls living out there, but it's also politically based right now, which I will not get into, but no. Yeah. You can go to Florida and do the same thing that you can in California and still live on a peninsula and, you know, get washed out. But beach living is its own different yeah. thing, but there's beach people for that. And I guess that those yeah. are the people that don't want to be in California more. They want to go to the other side of the ocean or the other side of the world. And that, you know? and that's interesting to me. Cause like, I'm, I'm glad you brought that up because you're both of you, that is, you know, you thinking about like the hurricanes Florida gets, it's like you go from earthquakes and, and landslides and, and wildfires and you're going to Florida where it's, it's like one hurricane after yeah. another. And I mean, and it don't get me wrong, Florida is beautiful. I lived in Florida for a year. I never want to go back to live. <laughs> yeah. Uh it's just, it's well, for me, the biggest thing, it's not a political thing, it's humid. Yeah. I can't look, I, I love Texas. I love San Antonio. We're humid. I get tired of the humidity here. I'm not going to Houston. I'm not going <laughs> to Florida. To the humidity is bad. 70 degrees and you're soaked. How sway? <laughs> yeah, you just pretty much just have to live and drive fit to like survive out there. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Every time I talk to my boss on the on a video call, he's wearing a drive. He's doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, it's funny that you said that. I was like, it's true. Yeah. It's so true, man. But yeah, I just think it's. I thought it was interesting that you know people would just make that big jump. I had I had watched the video um, a few months ago. God, maybe it's a year ago. Um, where they were talking about people from California and New York moving to places like Tennessee. Tennessee was another growing spot. I'm I'm, inter- I'm finding it interesting. The article didn't really mention it here, but I know that Tennessee and also like Georgia had seen an influx of foreigners, so to speak. I just have a, just have a quick message to all our new transplants out there. <laughs> um, be surprised that we're all pretty nice. Be grateful for it. Be nice to us back. You don't have to change your plates. You don't have to identify with a lot of the stuff that goes on here. But as long as you're cool, we could be cool. And uh Yeah. And we could pick you out from a mile away. Don't forget. But oh, yeah, we know. Yeah, we know. It's just the way you oh, walk, yeah, the way you talk. It's the way you wear socks with your crocs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> socks with the crocs. But ultimately, I think it's uh it's okay. It's not bad. Growth is growth, but if you can help us grow together and get an Amtrak between San Antonio and Austin, I will not complain. That'd be kind of cool. That'd be kind of cool. They make the super city happen. Shoot, I just call me to work and leave my job somewhere else. That'd be kind of cool. I've said it before, and I'm going to say it again. We need an interstate or intra. We need an intrastate rail system. Oh yeah, to get to all the major yes. cities, man. Dallas, Austin, Houston, San Antonio, mm-hmm. El Paso, Midland, and Odessa. I mean, no Corpus Christi in there. People want to go to the beach. Corpus Christi. Yeah. Yep, Corpus. That my fault. That, I knew I was forgetting <laughs> one. So that's. But those are the major ones, man. I mean, Lubbock. If you want to go out there too, Amarillo, whatever. You want to hit those major hubs, man. I think. I think that's the way to do it. 
Come on, Elon, you move down here. You got Hyperloop. Let's see what you got. Let's do something with Sandy Loma Loop. Something. Yeah. <laughs> Let's do That's right. something. That's right. I've got another message you, uh, for the, the the transplants, like Car has said. Dale. Uh, mm. <laughs> <laughs> just, and this is kind of moving on uh, into the uh, into the next piece, but just be prepared when your power grid fails you, oh. Californians. We got just one. Be prepared. Yeah, yeah we got just one out here. <laughs> and it doesn't matter the time of year. It can be the summertime. It could be the wintertime. It could be breakfast. It could be dinner time. It's going to go down. Yeah, you turn uh, papers due and you got no power. <laughs> yeah, that's what it is. That's just what it is. Always at the worst times, man. So this is me kind of yeah. uh, tapping back. There was an article that was in the San Antonio Express News, uh, you know, keeping it homegrown. Uh, but Texas facing higher risk of blackouts after the state, uh, the electric operators canceled plans to add to its power supply, uh, mm-hmm. which I think last month it said in the article they had said was necessary to head off emergency conditions in extreme cold. Um, so stemming back just a little bit for those of you who may not know, I know everybody knows, but back in the winter of 2021, we did have the yep. Texas power crisis. Yeah. Which is crazy how it affected all of Texas, but everything in different ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the, yeah. the power grid as a state failed. So you, if you weren't in an emergency area, i.e. sharing with a hospital or something of a major status like that, you're, you lost power for a long period of time. Yeah. I was not in San Antonio at the time. I was in Corpus. So it wasn't as bad because we weren't as cold. Um, it mm. was in the, you know, 34 to 42 degrees. Um, it was manageable. You know, we weren't in a snow locked city. Yeah. I could go places if I wanted to. Um, the bridges were closed, but still. I have a, a call to action, I guess, that I want to ask for some folks uh, before we dive into this. Talk to your representatives. I, I find this un, just ineffective and it's unacceptable. After a massive outage like that, I understand it takes three to five years for, you know, some things to come together or make major improvements. Yeah. But for we to be at the risk of the same thing happening again, years after years, just shows a lack of care. Yeah. No preparation. They're going to do hop on their PJs and and they're going to be out of here. Yeah. They're going to pull the Ted Cruz and go to Cancun. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, I knew that was was going to I didn't want to say it. I didn't want to say it. Come (laughs) back with braids. Yeah. (laughs) I I had to do it, but that's what they're going to do. And we're going to be stuck here in a city that doesn't get snow uh, except for every few years. Yeah. Nobody's got winter tires. Nobody's got infrastructure. We don't have the infrastructure for it. Yeah. Exactly right. And I just find the fact that we're in the same position just to be absolutely unacceptable from a human rights standpoint, honestly. Um, So to prepare for this winter season, we actually ended up buying those and you guys probably should too. Um, We bought those covers Mm. for your faucets outside. Yeah. Yeah, Get them now. They're, they're, they're easy to get now. No one's thinking about it. Um, I'm looking at the Texas, the Texas farm bureau and the 2023, 2024 winter outlook shows different regions. So if going from Texas uh, all the way up through the Midwest, like the heartland, mm-hmm. um, it says us in particular in this region. So that's us in uh, New Mexico, Oklahoma, Louisiana, Arkansas, unseasonably cold and stormy. Yeah. yeah. When you go to the Southeast, chilled wet. When you go kind of like the mid, the middle of the East, 
the Mideast. Middle, the Middle East. <laughs> middle Cold of and the stormy. East. <laughs> the Mideast. The Middle East of America. <laughs> right? But then you go like to the Northeast, frosty, flaky, slushy, cold and snowy. When you go to the Pacific Northwest, seasonally cold and wet. And then when you go to like Arizona, Nevada, Colorado, uh, in California, wintry temps, seasonably stormy. So we are, of, of, of all of them, we are unseasonably cold. I mean, right now, it's a high of 57 degrees and the wind is blowing like crazy. I keep thinking of tornadoes coming because the wind is off the Whistling. hook today. Mm. But, you know, that's something that I think these uh, migrant Californians should consider, like that, that, as Trey had mentioned, you know, be prepared for this, this grid. You know, you... California has done a okay job. I know they have rolling blackouts there too. So they're not perfect, but get ready for it here. You know, that's part of their normal schedule down here. You may or may not have a blackout. Yeah. It may or may not be rolling. Uh, Where I live, I'm going to knock on wood. We're fortunate. We didn't lose power in 2021, but the water was a no-go. So... I think we're connected to like critical infrastructure. That's why we didn't lose power. But I mean, I would have loved to be able to take a shower, bars. Yeah. Um, <laughs> power shower. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> power shower. Uh, what about you, Car? In 2021, did you have any issues with, with cold or, or sorry, with losing power? And so water? I know my block lost it when I was living with my folks, but my dad had solar and I called him crazy for having solar because I didn't think like mm. it was going to come in handy. And it did that day. Um, I had a cat at that time. And she died that day. She she had like a seizure and I couldn't take her to the animal hospital. And we just, oh, yeah, it no. sucks. That was like my first pet. And she died on Valentine's Day too. She was a jerk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, that, that was like a traumatic thing for me too because of this freeze. And I was just out here wondering like recently, like if there's going to be a lot of situations like that, if this unseasonable weather rolls back in, because it wasn't just my cat that died. There was old ladies, old men, you know, there was emergencies that had to happen and you couldn't get on the road because mm-hmm. the, the roads were not set up and people weren't set up with their vehicles to like handle this kind of weather. And even then in, in states that have that kind of preparation, you still see sliding videos of cars just gently ramming into each other, you know, because the 40 car pile up yeah, on the interstate. Yeah. It just turns into curling real, like real quick. And uh, yeah. I mean, there's, there's cool like romantic notions about snow when you watch the snow outside and you see everything kind of gather, but uh, in reality, when you're an adult, you got stuff you got to do. It's like, it's, it's just completely time stopping. Like the, like they hit the brakes real hard and you got to like deal with your life in a moment. And you realize that all the things that we have around us are, are like interdependent or yeah, like dependent on each other. Like you have yeah. a dependency to like yeah. do stuff. And even if it's like going to McDonald's or whatever, like I had people acting up like crazy. Like when we all came back and started working again, I had people like Totally forget how to just do basic things like, yeah, I left all my ice cream outside when it froze. And then when it and then when it unfroze, I was like, I don't have any more ice cream because I let it melt. And like, yeah, like just people, <laughs> people's priorities are different because it just gets shell-shocked with the whole thing. And I, I was shell-shocked personally at that time. And uh, yeah, if we don't, if we didn't do anything to prepare this time in this unseasonable weather, like, yeah, it's going to be another one of those things too. And it, it gives me, it gives me feelings of anxiety and dread, but I know better now. I know that things just happen and we shouldn't chalk it up to the weather or anything like that. It's just things happen in your life. And this is another one of those things, but it'd be nice if, you know, we had it together to where we wouldn't have to worry about basic services. That's apart from me. I, you know, you expect things to happen. It's going to be cold. 
but I also expect the people that I put my trust in and my votes in and mm-hmm. the people that handle these things, the corporations, I guess, even though it's a Texas government uh, run uh, association that, that controls the power grid, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, I, I expect you to do something, you know, the, there's gotta be some plan or something there for that. Um, I, like I said, I was in Corpus Christi when the, the blackouts happened there. I remember they shut down all the bridges. I couldn't really get home from work on Valentine's day, mm-hmm. uh, made it home, lost power, had to find another way across the bridge to get to my buddy's house who lived a couple streets down from a, a hospital. Um, and we all crammed up in his one bedroom apartment. My wife was like seven months pregnant at that time. Man. Real quick. Um, ERCOT is a 501c4 charitable organization. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. That's yeah. the one power so, for, for anybody that's uninformed. That's our one power provider. We don't, yeah, we don't get to yeah, pick and choose. So yeah, that's our, that's our board. We have what CPS locally mm-hmm. here in San Antonio, but yeah, they are like the council of, for the entire state They're and they're uh, headquartered out of Austin. Hmm. That makes sense. Which, which makes sense. I mean, they're right there next to our local, like the, the headquarters of the capital of our state. So that totally makes so sense. So Californians, get your North Face together, put your Uggs on super duper tight. And <laughs> Car yeah, hearts. No, they're not stealing valor. No. <laughs> Two pairs of socks with your Crocs. <laughs> yeah. get, get, bring, bring your dickies. Yeah, bring your dickies, bring your high socks full. And uh, yeah, that's right. And, and stop getting all our good avocados. I've noticed the avocados are harder now because they're just bringing out more of them. So like, stop it. But yeah, just get ready. We're all going to be cold. So and I was telling you all that, that, that's a, that's a tap back from a couple of episodes ago. Really? For sure. We we're talking about that. It's going to be an abnormally cold and stormy winter. Yeah, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm not looking forward to it whatsoever. I, I can deal with the cold, um, it, but the cold and the wet, mm-hmm. like hurts your bones. On, dude. Yeah. For me, it's not even so much like the cold and the wet. It's it's the handling of that situation by the by the, the government. Powers that yeah, be, the dude. Preparedness. Yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, the powers it's, that be. It's disappointing to say the least. Um, oh, all these promises, things are going to get better, and, and nothing's nothing's changed. Nothing's changed in oh, that sh- regard. Nothing's changed, but we have a whole lot more people looking at the same situation now. So maybe things will roll in the right, right direction. So maybe we can all come together. Like, yeah, we nitpick about little things. Like, um, yeah, Bucky's is more packed than it's ever been. But <laughs> if we can all just be cool and then like get things moving in the right direction, I think that'll make anybody that comes here a a valued Texan. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree, man. I'm just hoping that I'm hoping that they've learned from this summer and that's kind of the thing, right? We had one of the hottest summers we've ever had uh, across the, across the board, not just in the, not just in America, not just in Texas, not just in America, but across the, across the globe. And I'm hoping that we've learned from it. And with some of those Californians that are coming in and bringing their, uh, their bright shine and liberal ideas, not playing. Um, but no, I, I, I'm, I'm hoping that they're able to help us get a lot more energy efficient. Maybe, Maybe that's one of the beauty of having uh, out of staters, out of towners, however you want to say it, bringing those in, bringing in those ideas and those technologies that can, you know, work in other ways. Yeah, no, that's a, that's a way, great way to put it. This is their home now, too. I mean, I don't know what it takes to even get to be a member of the board of ERCOT. I'm sure you got to be affiliated in power, but I'm sure there's somebody or some bodies who move from a power group or a power company. Yeah. 
in California or Arizona or wherever and that have come here. So I'm just hoping that they're taking notes, they're learning, and that we can we can have a smooth but cold and wet winter. And one last thing on the Urquhart folks. If you're not going to do the things that we need to have that extra winter capacity, at least disclose the cost of your, you know, the, the sought after repairs or upgrades that need to go. That was one thing in the San Antonio article that really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. They won't even tell you how much it's going to cost. It's probably not going to cost as much as they want, but it's going to dip into their funds in one way or another. Um, yeah, we'll put, you know, it is a for profit. Just tell me it's a, it's a $10 billion construction. And I might be a little bit more like, okay, well, show me how you're going to use this $10 billion, but still put a price on it. Don't just say it can't be done or we're not going to do it. We've had years to do this. I, I mean, I know property taxes everywhere have gone up. So, I mean, <laughs> let's do something with it. Yeah, that's your your dollars at work, right? That's what it's supposed to show be. Us, show us what you're doing with the money. Show us what you're doing to improve the efficiency of our grid, you know? It's a good call, man. It's a good call. Just a touch, man. Just a touch, but... Um, as far as whatever you guys think, or not whatever you guys think, what you guys think out there, let us know. Uh, how do you feel about the situations uh, our Texas power grid has had to foresee over the last few years? What do you think about the Californians flocking into Texas? Ew. Are you opening, welcoming them with open arms, or are you wishing they shun away? <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Get off my yard. <laughs> Get out of my Texas. And we love you guys. All of y'all. But you know what? Go ahead and bring the uh bring the street talk. Yeah. Do that. Yeah. I'm cool with yeah, that. Yeah, they got some dope street talk. I'm definitely dude. cool with that. Yeah, yeah. Totally cool with that. All right, fellas. So uh it's about that time. It's about that time. Uh you can find us. Everywhere, as mentioned earlier, one more time at Wave of the Few Shore, except for X at WFS Show. And you can find me at E Can Talk on all the things. You can find me at Marshall on Mikes on X and Marshall on Mikes 3 on the Metaverse. Uh, again, let us know what you think. Always a pleasure. And you can find me on TikTok, Wavy Car. That's car with two R's. Send me memes. <laughs> <laughs> Send them the memes. And the Chipotle knockoff recipes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Killing it. Man, Carr's been killing it. Showing us the food he's making. He's like, look what I made. 15 pounds down. It's working. Like, like, bro, you're not cheering. I'm not cheering. (laughs) (laughs) Cheering is caring. (laughs) All right, y'all. Well, we love y'all. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we will talk with you soon. But until next time. Bye.